Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. Our show today is a very exciting one, folks, because we'll be talking about great boxing films. And Jackie Callan, the first lady of boxing, is here to share her opinion on that subject, as well as her experience as the first U.S. female boxing manager. You know, Jackie was the inspiration for Meg Ryan's character in Against the Ropes, a boxing movie also starring Tony Shalhoub and Omar Epps. Plus, adding to the fun, Blog Talk Radio hosts Chuck Skull, Wacko Bob, and Chris Dinkins, who all know much more about boxing than I do, plan to call in during the second half of the show to share their best boxing film picks. And I just don't know how they're going to do it because there are so many great movies about boxing available. So I'm very eager to hear which ones our guests pick as the cream of the crop. But before we get into our topic of the day, let's see if Nikki Starr is ready to help with the show. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? If you can hear me, they are. Um, we're having some difficulty because of the cold and getting the chat started, but we're here ready, so keep trying. Just keep trying. Yes, I think that's good advice. Uh, we do have uh, several guests that have uh, yep. signed in, and we see that our good friend Morgan Lawrence has so- signed in. So, welcome to the show, um, Morgan Lawrence, who goes uh, whose uh, little moniker is Molo, <laughs> and we're really happy whenever he whenever he shows up, and we appreciate our chatters as well as all our other listeners. We also appreciate Jackie Callan for taking the time to be with us today. Jackie, welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters. Well, thank you. I'm a fellow movie addict, so I'm in the right place. You certainly are, and we're so glad that you're here. We, uh, But before we talk about boxing movies, which I know is your favorite subject, well, not your favorite subject, I mean your favorite type of movies, I'm well, curious to know them. how it's you... one be- of my favorites. One, one of, of my favorites. favorites. Yes. And how how are you, how did you become interested in boxing? Well, I think, you know, growing up my parents watched it, you know, on Friday night fights. My mom liked it as much as my dad, so there was always boxing on in the house and then later on when I went into journalism and I was writing for a daily paper, I got sent on a, a interview with a boxer, a young boxer in Detroit, who went on to become a eight time world champion, but that got my interest in the sport, and then I became, I went from being a boxing writer to a boxing publicist, and then from there I went into management and promotion and pretty much every aspect of boxing other than getting in the ring, which is out of the question. Um, if I were younger, I probably would have tried that as well, but I was already too old. 
Oh, <laughs> you were, you wanted to total involvement, total immersion in, in Oh, boxing. I would have loved to. Oh, I would have loved to have been able to get in there and go a few rounds with, with somebody, boy, girl, man, woman, whatever. Just just to get the feeling of what it's like to hit someone and get hit. But I never actually did. I fooled around in there, but never actually took a punch. So I can't really say that I know how it feels. And I'm glad to say that I don't know how it feels. Well, yes, but my goodness, uh, the uh, the uh, trials and tribulations that you must have had as the the first woman uh, boxing manager, and I I watched against the ropes again a couple of nights ago. I I saw it when it first came out because. I'm uh, a fan of um, Meg Ryan's and uh, also Tony Shalhoub, and so I was happy to, oh, he's to wonderful, see it again. He? What a great guy. He, you know, you're uh, right I, about the trials and tribulations. You are so right about that, because sometimes I think some of the fights that I had out of the ring were probably just as brutal as if I had gone in there and taken a few punches, because men... I love them, believe me, don't don't get me wrong. It can be brutal when it comes to accepting a woman in, you know, what's considered to be their arena or their areas of expertise. And they didn't take to my being part of their world very well at the beginning. So there were a few hard knocks, but that's really what builds character. It actually helped me. In the long run, it really did help me to get stronger and learn how to have a tough skin and let things roll off. You know, the the things that would bother me at the very beginning of my career, which is 37 years ago now, they don't bother wow. me at all today. I kind of just laugh it all off. Well, I, I thought that um, the film probably was true to life in terms of of that that part of the uh, part of your life. I mean, because it was uh, very clear that uh, ja- Jackie Callan in the film did have these these problems but but how did you become involved in in that film i'm uh, really fascinated by well you know what it was it was a very strange long you know just peculiar journey because when i was first approached it was back in the 90s and i had a world champion and we were written up everywhere in the wall street journal and the new york times and sports illustrated and it just seemed like everywhere you looked, there was me and my champion. And a producer called me, got a hold of me through my newspaper, and said, you know, this could be a cute movie. This been in this all-male sport, kind of a fish-out-of-water story, which is a common theme for movies anyways. And they said, we'd like to fly you out to California and talk to you. I said, well, that would be great, but there's no script, there's no book. You know, there's just me and my stories and what I went through. And they said, well, let's let's see if that's enough. So they flew me out there, and I met quite a few different producers. I went to meet, you know, probably five or six that time around. And we ended up settling with um, making a deal with Sony Films. And mm-hmm. I was pretty happy. You know, I, and Laura Ziskin was the producer that was going to do the film, and I was very um, familiar with her work and, and liked her very much. And probably four years later, maybe it was, towards the end of the 90s, she left and went to Fox, and the film project went into turnaround, which means it was just sort of spinning around in Nowheresville. She was in Ooh. Fox, 
the project was at Sony. There was no script yet. And so it just sort of was sitting there. And the same producer that called me originally called me back. And he said, we got another person interested. Come on back out to California. And uh, by then I was living out there. And we made a deal with Paramount. And that's when the film ended up getting made at Paramount Studios. One of the biggies. Yeah, and you know, I kind of think in retrospect, the film would have turned out better had it been done as an independent. And, you know, where I would have had maybe a little more control over the story because by the time the producer that ended up doing the film um, had no feel for my story at all. And he ended up taking my character, who was this married woman with children, who brought these you know, fighters into her home, put them in her kids' bedroom and incorporated them into my family and had to deal with a husband who was like, are you kidding me? Who are these people and why are they living in our house? And all that I went through was not in the movie. They made my character single, which I was married married the entire time. I've been married since I was 20 years old. So to suddenly make me single is ridiculous. And I'm born and raised in Detroit. And they made the character come from Cleveland, which I have no idea the change in cities meant anything to anybody. And they changed so much of the story, and yet they kept my name. So when it came time to releasing it, I was so disappointed that I had them change it from based on a true story to inspired by a true story. Because basically I might have been the inspiration for that movie, but... It wasn't based on my life at all. Well, I wondered about that, and but yet uh, Meg uh, Ryan's portrayal of the Jackie Callan character uh, really came across as a, as a tough cookie, <laughs> taking on everything that she took on. But how did you react to to her portrayal? You know, it's interesting because I had a year ahead of time with Meg from when we first met until when she started about a year. And she came to fights with me in Vegas. She came to the gym with me in L.A. We went to lunch together many times and sat and talked about um, just girl things. When I first met her, she was um, dating Russell Crowe and was about to go through her divorce. You know, then when that whole thing was going on, it put her in a sort of... um, not the best place mentally for her to be. So we kind of got through that, and I would go over to her house and sit and watch fight tapes with her, you know, so she could Mm. understand the nature of the fight business, what it takes and what to look for in a fight. And, uh, And then she wanted to learn my accent because, you know, every part of the country has slightly different dialect. In the Midwest, we have our long A's, so, you know, I know other people say Jackie or Jackie. I don't know how they say it, but I always say Jackie. And that's the way we Jackie. say it in the Midwest. Jackie. It's like a, a different kind of an A. And so she really worked hard to kind of copy that Midwestern way of speaking. You know, she made me read the script into a tape recorder and from beginning to end, and she would play it when she was driving just to kind of listen to the dialect and see if she could pick up the nuances that made the Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland 
you know, dialect a little different. Yes, well, I I think that um, uh, she showed a lot of energy in the role, and I I like that. Uh, I was very uh, sort of uh, not happy at uh, seeing Tony play such a bad guy <laughs> because now listen, you, you know, know Tony Shalhoub for Monk, uh, Monk as Monk, <laughs> and to see him as this bad guy, <laughs> I, well, I was I have a little to tell bit. You put off by that, right? Yes. And and I was too because I wouldn't have put him in that role at all either. And in real life there was no bad guy that took away my fighters. So they kind of created that role to, to create some sort of conflict in my life. And, you know, I guess they chose him thinking he'd be a good, you know, bad guy to, to take away my fighter. But in truth, I got my fighter to the championship all by myself. There was nobody else that stole him. And he didn't leave till much after he became a champion, many times over. So there were very few actual facts in the film that lined up with my own life. The only well, thing he that was, was very true, good. He was he was excellent. He, I mean, as a car- film he, character. Isn't he wonderful? And I loved he Omar Epps. Omar Epps did a wonderful Oh, yes, job. Omar Epps was terrific, too. And even Charles I, I should, Dutton. I want to say that um, Against the Ropes is available on Netflix. So, listeners, um, if you if you want to, if you haven't seen it, and um, you would, I, I recommend it that you see it after hearing uh, Jackie. So, um, go ahead and put it on your Netflix queue. I, I'm wondering, though, uh, for, from what you know in your real life, uh, do you think the movie offered a fair portrayal of the boxing world? That it did do. You know, the fact that it wasn't true to my character would be narcissistic of me to dwell on just because I know the real story. But the facts of how difficult it is for a female to make it in any all-male field, I think, was fairly depicted. And the fact that they'll do whatever little tricks they can to kind of run you out of the business or break you down and how a woman has to be a little step ahead and a little stronger to hang in there and, you know, things that they do that they expect you to break down and cry or get all upset about, if you can turn it around on them and, you know, come out on top, that's the best revenge that there is. Winning is always the best revenge. (laughs) <laughs> Winning is the best revenge, <laughs> and that, certainly that happened in in not spoiler alert that happened in, <laughs> in against the the ropes. You you already have a caller, and I it's uh, the gentleman that I spoke about earlier, Mr. Morgan Lawrence, who's very well known here on Blog Talk Radio. He's also an actor, and um, we have a, a few minutes before our uh, other guests are calling in. So let's see what Morgan Wonderful. has to say for himself. Hello, Morgan Lawrence. It's so good to well, hear from you. Thank you for day. calling in. Okay, Hi, Morgan. I haven't talked to you in a long time. I know, and and I and uh, Jackie is here, and uh, um, you heard her discuss uh, her experience in the boxing world in the movie Against the Ropes. Do you have a comment or question for her? I do have a question. I I I wondered if that was a partial remake or a remake off of the. Streisand Ryan O'Neill film about boxing that they did. No, not at all. That it's an interesting question. Um, the main event is the movie you're talking about. Yes, ma'am, and, that's correct. 
and Ryan O'Neill is a very close and dear friend of mine for many, many years. And um, the two films are completely separate. She was um, given that contract of a fighter because of a debt that was owed to her either late husband or her father. And she knew nothing about boxing. And it was just kind of handed to her in lieu of money that was owed. So the whole film is about her trying to figure that field out and what's she going to do with this good-looking guy. So obviously she falls in love with him. So it was more of a romantic comedy, and boxing was the backdrop. But my story is kind of the complete opposite because I didn't fall in love with my fighters. I fell in love with the sports and then went on to prove that a woman could succeed in a sport that was, you know, completely run by men, 100%. Well, I couldn't agree with you more about that. I, I'm finding that the world is finally waking up and realizing that differentiating between gender as far as the capabilities of someone's talent is, is an antiquated idea and really needs to be lost very quickly. I'm so glad you said that because for many years, I've been doing this 30, going on 37 years, and when I first started, I remember so many people saying, you know, wow, she's really a great manager for a woman. And I always yeah. thought, why do you have to, why add Why that do you have to tag that disclaimer? on at the end like that? Yeah, you know? why that little disclaimer? It's like people that will say to you, wow, you look great for your age. You know, these are little <laughs> disclaimers that people tag on to the end of a compliment. And, you know, and I certainly would rather be known as a good manager, um, period. You know, Absolutely. because what they're really saying is women can't do this, so you're pretty good considering that you are a non-talented, unskilled person. You know, basically that it's an insult in its own way, but um, you're 100% right. I, I like to think that it's changing a bit and that there's a little more gender equality in certain fields, but um, I don't know if boxing is one of them. Well, boxing certainly is one of the toughest sports for a woman to, you know, wedge into the man's side of it. Most of the women that I know that are involved in this sport are involved in a woman's um, cage match stuff. uh, Wow, that's so so interesting that you would mention that because I used to run a company about four years ago called Fatal Femme Fighting. And it was a completely female cage fighting company. Great and name. all all of our shows were females fighting in the cage. And that's what we did. And now you have Ronda Rousey, who's like a huge star for the UFC and was just in Expendables 3. And, you know, it's getting recognized that women on the fighting end are really quite <laughs> capable. Well, leave it to me to give you a segue. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was well, I think it's just great that you called called in, Morgan, and uh, please don't feel that you have to hang up or or go away. But I I did want to um, to get Jackie's picks for uh, her three favorite boxing movies, 
and why she picks them, and then maybe you'll have some that you'll like to share, Morgan. And then uh, I think uh, our um, other other scheduled guests are, are probably starting to call, so we want to make sure to bring them on. But Jackie, why don't you get the uh, get that type of discussion going by telling us? Uh, you okay. know, you've seen so many of them, and 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 you love them. I and have. What... Well, I'll tell you, my favorite has always been a very old one that most of your listeners probably never heard of, much less saw, but it was called Body and Soul with John Garfield, an old actor, wow. and it's, you know, quite a long time ago. Is anybody familiar with that That's one? That's a classic. Just, oh, oh me. Okay. I, I, first That's one I, I ever saw. On that film. Wonderful. I guess my next pick would be um, Million Dollar Baby because I was the commissioner for female boxing, and so I implemented the pregnancy test rule that girls have to be tested before they fight. And I was so, you know, immersed in female fighting that that movie really kind of grabbed me. And then I guess my all-time favorite would be perhaps everybody's and, uh, you know, Raging Bull. And, again, Jake LaMotta is such a he's like an uncle to me. I've known him 30-some-odd years, and, you know, he's 91 now. He'll be 92 and, uh, you know, seeing that movie and watching his life recreated and knowing that he was actually worse than that film shows, he was just what a, a, a character he was in his day. Mellow and sweet now, but back then, oh, my goodness. So those are the three that, that I could see almost, you know, every day. Oh, those are great choices, body and soul. Million Dollar Baby and Raging Bull and Morgan. While we have you on the on the line, do you have three that you would pick as your favorite? Do you have any of these well, three? Well, yes, yeah, she picked two of my three. Um, she, I would have put Raging Bull first and then Million I Dollar did. Baby second. I, that's what I did. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I was um, declining order, so that would that would be it. I I kind of worked my way up to Raging Bull with Million oh, Dollar okay. Baby second. Okay. And uh, the third one was Somebody Up There Likes Me. Oh, oh yeah, Paul Newman. Yeah. Um, I just felt like the they got into the fighting side of it, but they really seemed to delve into the emotion of winning and losing a lot better than most of the films that uh, that are in that venue. Uh, at least for me, they did. But uh, these I other two... Um, it was really kind of a killer thing for me because my one and two picks were so close together that it was just uh, nearly impossible to differentiate between which one um, I wanted as first and second. But I, I, you know, when I thought back on that, I said, well, what have you done? Well, I played uh, Raging Bull on my VCR here so many times it needs new lines on the disc. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. you. So that one out well, is that, my first. Well, it's interesting that in the in the chat room, and by the way, the chat room is filling up. We have uh, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts there, and we have the Wacko Network who has signed up, and we have uh, guests uh, that aren't identified. But uh, Nancy from Comedy Concepts has already suggested Golden Boy, which that's that's an that's an old movie a classic I think with William Holden and I I thought that was a good 
a good selection. And I want to thank my friends on Facebook. I asked the question, what's your favorite uh, boxing movie? And the response was just was just tremendous. Not only were were um, great movies mentioned, but the way the people wrote about them. I'm, I'm just going to take a few minutes and, and share this information with everybody. The story lady, Sharon Schaefer, picked Cinderella Man, and I have to admit that is my favorite. Loved and she it. Says, I love the loved story. It. Yeah, she says, a man struggles to survive and support his family during the Depression while boxing his way to greatness. And I, I thought that was a... That was a great description. Marilyn Ferdinand, you'll love this. Uh, Jackie, she picks Body and Soul. She says, John Garfield Uh was one of our best actors, and he's brought such complexity to the role of a Jewish boxer who ends up facing a choice that will either cement him as a hero or maybe even a martyr to an oppressed people or just another bum. (laughs) I thought that was a good description. Yeah, yeah, because that's the dilemma. That's that's the one that made uh, the movie so poignant. I know, and uh, that's that really has stuck with me. It was uh, way back in 1947 is when I first saw it, and that has that has really stayed with me. Walter uh, Chaw just just called Raging Bull. He didn't feel that he needed to say anything more. <laughs> and Neil Manning picked Raging Bull, but he said the original Rocky holds a place in his heart. Because when it first came out, his mom was consumed by it, and that's all she'd talk about for years. <laughs> I love that description. And Carmen Artiaga picks Ali. She says it's the greatest story about an amazing man during an amazing time period. He really was the greatest. Mac Bates picks Raging Bull and Million Dollar Baby. He says both films are expertly executed from top to bottom. And uh, so he thinks all of the performances in those uh, movies were just, uh, you know, right on the right on the money. Steve Mendoza, Raging Bull, he says that De Niro did supreme acting, and he said he got to meet Jake in person several times. And Steve also likes When We Were Kings, uh, which is a documentary, and he does mention Ali also. Trish Rodolph said she likes The Champ. She goes way back to 1931, a movie starring That's Wallace Berry. That's the original Berry. one, because there was a yeah. second Champ with John Voight, so there's been two of those. You're right, but she put 1931, so that's the one that she liked. That was Wallace Richard, Berry. Wallace Berry and uh, Richard J. Smith, this is the last one, he put Rocky. He says whether it's facing Apollo Creed or winning the heart of Adrian, the journey undertaken by Rocky Balboa is and represents a tangible uh, the tangible American dream. I like that tangible. He says that the emotional resonance uh, makes it a champ all the way. So thank you, uh, Facebook friends, for those. Are there any of those uh, movies that were mentioned um, that ring a bell with you, Jackie? Well, you know what? It's it's so funny, and, and it just not only rang a bell, but it, it made me feel guilty that I didn't include it. But I remember the first time I saw the first Rocky, and uh, I wasn't involved in boxing at the time, and I just fell so in love with Sylvester Stallone's character. I love that Rocky. He was so sweet and so strong and so dumb and so adorable, and I had such a crush on him. My husband used to tease me all the time, and I said, someday I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. Well, 
four years later, I was in Vegas at a Tommy Hearns fight. That's the fighter that I was working for at the time. And um, Sly and his brother Frank were both at that fight in 1980. And I had a chance to meet him and get to know him. And, of course, now it's been, you know, 34 years later, and we've become all very good friends, his brother and him and his mother and myself. And, you know, we've spent many, many, many times together. And he and I did a TV show called The Contender Together on NBC. And uh, we share the same dressing room in the show. So I would have thought back in 1976 when I first saw Rocky that I would end up getting to know him so well and be able to call that man my friend. So when I heard that Rocky, it just touched my heart and kind of lit a little fire. Well, I don't blame you. And that movie, um, well, actually, we, we have three boxing movies that won the Best Picture Oscar, and That's Rocky right. is one of them, and yes. Million Dollar Baby, and On the Waterfront, which none of us have have, have mentioned. And, Raging uh, Bull won too, didn't it? Yes, it did. Raging Bull did not win. I, I don't think it won Best Picture, yes, it but did. it did. Well, I know he won the award for Best Actor. He won for Best, I it yeah, he won. For best film, no? Wow. Well, I'll have to check. Check again. When I was doing research this morning, these were the only three that were mentioned. But you know, sometimes there's mistakes on the internet. I mean, it's not always the full truth <laughs> that you get there. And, that he uh, but Robert De Niro did win. I thought it was best screenplay, original screenplay, best actor, and best movie. But I could be wrong. I must be just because I like him so much. Thinking well, he it won did every- win best director. It did win best director. And it did win, um, okay, and it did, oh, and, and it did win, well, I've got the list here, but I don't see anything else down for that. Eva Marie Saint won Best Supporting Actress for On the on the Waterfront, but I, I don't see, yeah, <laughs> she was something I'd else. I'd like to know what, what did win, what won Best Picture the year that Rocky was nominated? I'm not I'm not sure. Rocky won Best Picture, and Million Dollar Baby, and On the Waterfront. We know that. But after the after the uh, show, I'm going to check on that to see what happened with uh, Raging Bull because I had it in my mind that it won too. But it did it did win Best Doctor, uh, Best Actor for Robert De Niro. I think it's time now to just uh, listen to a couple of messages from two of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat 
for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now, back to our feature. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy and Steve, for those fun promos. And dear listeners, please listen to Nancy's very funny comedy concept show right here on Blog Talk Radio every Friday and Monday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. Also be sure to check out the Mom and Pop Shop radio show on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's very entertaining, of course, because the hostess happens to be Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. And I've heard that Steve Mendoza's new um, shows will be broadcast on uh, Bear Manor Radio after the first of the year, so we'll have to watch for that because he's a very entertaining host. And don't forget about all the wonderful, diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio, and I was hoping that we'd hear more about that from from Wacko Bob and from Chuck Skull and from Chris Dinkins when they call in. But since they haven't called in, let's move to the next uh, subject, Jackie. How how about um, you letting us know um, why you think boxing movies are so popular? Well, I always thought about that because there's two kinds. There's the, the kind of humorous ones where they do a movie about Don King and it's a bunch of black guys acting silly and everybody gets a kick out of that, or the main event, which was a romantic comedy and Barbara Streisand gets to act all stupid trying to understand the sport. And, you know, there's the humorous ones, and then there's the serious ones, you know, that are like, you know, obviously, I would say, the the ones we picked are the Academy Award winning ones. They're always the dramas. But usually it's it's sort of a microcosm of life. It's, you know, it's fighting the, the good fight, whether you're fighting in a, a, a real-life opponent who's bigger than you and stronger than you, or whether you're fighting the depression or whether you're, and I don't mean the conditioned depression, but like in Cinderella Man, the actual depression, but whatever you're fighting against, a fighter is out there giving his all for something. And and most of us have had to fight for something in our lives, a health issue, a, a financial issue, whatever it is. So I think we relate to that fight element, the struggle that man goes through to achieve his goal. Oh, well said. I I think that I agree wholeheartedly with that. Morgan, um, why do yes. you think that they are so popular? Do you agree with uh, Jackie? I think it brings out a different, uh, I, I do agree with Jackie, but I think it brings out more than that. I, I think the little man who could never see himself in, in the center there feels represented and, and they can accentuate or accentuate whatever word you want to use, how it, you know, this is what I would do in another life. I would be this guy. And, and you know, there are always going to be people that um, that would like to be in the ring, would like to be able to do that. But the realistic idea is that uh, most of us would walk into the ring with a bad fighter and get our brains beat out. So the reality is that uh, we kind of live through the lives of the other sports. It's the same thing as baseball or football. When you see a guy running down the field to make a touchdown or catching uh, a really good catch in the outfield, we, we kind of wish we could do that, but we know realistically we can't. So we we root for the guys that we like the most in, in the ring, in the, on the field, or wherever. Yes, it's a vicarious feeling. 
it's it is. being it is. able to put yourself into that person's shoes for that particular period of time. And like I said at the very beginning, I don't think any common person, unless you just had a lot of street fights, know what it feels like to stand in front of someone who's trying to hurt you and has the strength, the knowledge, and the ability to do so. It's a fight for your life every second of every round because you can get seriously hurt in there if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't have good defensive skills. So there really is a lot of of, uh, talent involved, but there's also a lot of strategy involved. It's a thinking man sport. That's why they call it the sweet science. So I think that uh, there's more I always love that, that expression, what? the sweet science. I just thought that was so well put. Isn't it? Because it's really, if you look at it, it it's like the, the, the battle from, you know, biblical times. It's that typical little man against big man or, you know, the yeah. strong man against the not so strong the man. The modern day the, gladiator. That's right. There's always the underdog, and we're always going to cheer for the guy that's not supposed to win because that's us. Most of us identify more with the challenger than we do with the champion. And most people watching a fight are really hoping that the guy who's supposed to lose somehow pulls it out and wins because the, the un- win for un- him is a win with for the underdog us. To really win. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the uh, underdog because. I really think that's the key. We get a chance to root for the underdog in the boxing movies. I mean, it's and there's a, not any sub, subtext or anything that we need. I mean, if that's the underdog and all the training that this underdog goes through, and that involves us right away. I was just looking at um, a paragraph here that I wrote um, in my review of Cinderella Man, which is my favorite boxing movie, and I called, I titled I this review too. An Underdog with Heart. And I, I just, and I, I put in this paragraph that, that when I was watching the prize fights in, in that movie, I mean, it, my head was bobbing and weaving in the theater seat, like I was right there in the ring with those fighters, and my heart was pounding more rapidly with every punch that landed on on Russell Crowe's watch, Braddock's face. You know, I think that's a really good concept of how good a film is. If you're sitting in your seat and you're moving to keep from getting punched, you're in the movie. You're feeling like you're in the movie, and that's a really good way to gauge a film. Uh, yeah, I just uh, that one that one really really got to me, and um, I think that that's that's kind of the kind of the key. But then uh, these experts can put together around all that, you know, what's happening in the in the ring, and the fact that we're rooting for the underdog, and then they can put together these great performances. And in this uh, Cinderella Man, the the period, uh, the the appearance of the movie, it was. Exactly, like the Depression era period. You know, I mean, everything everything was perfect. The costumes, the cars, the you know, the, just the way everything looked. It just was really. I guess that was Ron Howard who did that, and it was just uh, to me an all around perfect film. It just had it had everything. I mean, it wasn't just a boxing film it was i mean a great boxing film it was just it was a great a great film so uh, i'm glad so many people mentioned um, a cinderella man 
And you know, Betty Jo, of- there's a film yeah. that hasn't been mentioned, at least I haven't heard it since I've been listening, and it really bears mentioning. It's Mark Wahlberg's movie, The Fighter. Oh, uh, you're right. Oh. I don't know how I could have forgotten that one. And I'm going to get smacked by Wahlberg when he sees me because we did Pain and Gain together, and I didn't bring up his film in this oh, opportunity. Oh, my gosh, you're so. right, because Mickey, the, Mickey yeah. Ward, who it's about, is Mickey a good friend of mine. I can't believe that I did completely overlook that. There's another Academy Award winning film. And, yeah. you know, I you are so right. I think I'm going to move Body and Soul down a slot. Because the fighter was amazing, and you are so right, and I was so, I, I don't even know how remiss I could be to not remember that one. Well, I feel equally bad. I, I should have remembered this one right off because it is one of my one of my top picks. It's one of the better films about fighting that I've enjoyed, and it was so realistic. I loved at the end of the movie where they showed the real characters, um, you know, as opposed to the actors in, in real footage of the real people, because that gave you more of a feeling at the end of it, like you were seeing real lives at at, at work here. And that's always a great thing in a film. Oh, I, I really love that film. That was my pick for Best Picture of the Year. And um, I just thought it was... Uh, Another uh, film like Cinderella Man, where it it had so much going for it besides the boxing. It wasn't just a great boxing film. It was a great film, you know, all all around. And uh, I I stood up and cheered when I heard that Christian. Bale... Wow, am I gone? You know what, guys? I just want to add something to our conversation because you know the Rocky series has now had six of them, you know, Rocky Balboa was the sixth part. But I just heard recently that there's going to be another one, and Stallone is going to come out of retirement as a trainer, and he's going to train Apollo Creed's grandson. Oh, I was thinking, you know, for a minute there when you were talking about that, I was thinking to myself, what's he going to use, a walker in the ring? I mean, uh, Well, he just did grudge match. A couple of years ago, yeah, that's Miro, right. And yeah. they played two old fighters that went back in the ring together. So, you know, and he's still in remarkably good shape, Stallone. He's 68, and he he really takes good care of himself. But in this movie, I believe he's going to be the trainer, like the Burgess Meredith kind of character. Yeah, that was and, how could you uh, not love that character? He was so fighter. Oh, Nick. Oh, yeah, you know, great, great character. And you know, and I think that Sly will do a great job as the kind of wizened old trainer. So if that movie does come to pass, I think it will. It has to be the last one in the series. I mean, how much more could it be? Unless, uh, I mean, I don't even know how much further they can go with that storyline. But you know, well, I hope speak, we get to work together on a project sometime. That would be oh, awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. You know, another movie we forgot. The Which boxer, one? the boxer with oh, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, son of a gun. Oh, he's so amazing in anything he does, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! If we sit and if we sit and think long enough, there's <laughs> gonna we'll think of more. Some yeah. of them were better than others, but um, I know there's been plenty. There's been plenty of good box and not so good boxing movies. There was one. I'm trying to think what it was called. That was a semi-comedy, 
and it was shot in Vegas, and uh, oh, it had the word bones in it, something bones, but um, uh, it just wasn't as good as I was anticipating. You know, a lot of times the boxing sequences themselves are not very accurate, and that kind of ruins it for me. If the boxing looks really, really fake, when you see the punches go flying in the air and they're nowhere near the face and then the other yeah. guy, you know, falls backwards like he was just hit, that ruins it for me because being involved in the sport so long, I know what it takes and what it's, you know, a good fight looks like. So the bad fight scenes in a fight movie, those kind of ruin it for me. When I was a kid, my father used to drag me to the Coliseum and front row seats, and we'd sit there on Friday night with all these guys with cigars, and these guys would be in there. And it, we would literally and sometimes come home with blood spatter on our shirts and stuff. And my mother went out of her way to tell my father that this is not a good environment for your son, but I loved it to death. Can you imagine <laughs> a female, a blonde, who's dressed to the nines, who's in the yeah. corner with her fighter? I was covered in blood, sweat, and Vaseline <laughs> all the time. Every outfit I, like I wore. Every well, outfit guys I wore. Well, guys love that. I'll tell you that. I like that image. I like that image. You know, oh folks, God. I think I, I, we have... I think we have another caller. I think we have someone from the oh, we've got Wacko Bob himself. Let's let's bring him into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Wacko Bob. Thank you for calling in. Have you been uh, listening to all these movies that we've been talking about? And have you picked your three top uh, bo- boxing movies? Yeah, I do have my three top. I do want to apologize for not getting in earlier and. And I was I was having computer trouble, so I was uh, oh boy. So I had to work on that. Uh, Chuck apologizes too because Chuck was relying on me to call him. Hopefully, Chuck <laughs> will get into get into the show for the last uh, few minutes here too. But uh, I've heard a lot of what you said, and uh, <laughs> and the world of boxing for me, I never got to see it live, but I got to see it when I did get get to see it when it meant something on TV, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> It was definitely a definitely a whole new world out there with boxing, and probably one of the biggest things I got to experience in the history of boxing, of course, was the Man Kuku Kim fight. Oh, which, uh, yes. Oh, which uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people know about that one. Well, Ray Mancini is a very close friend of mine, so certainly I know what he went through following that fight. And for those who don't know the story, you want to tell them what happened in that fight? Well, that was a fight that turned out to, turned out to be a great fight. It turned out to be a great fight. A lot of people did not expect that fight to go as far as it did, and uh, it ultimately ended with uh, with uh, with. Uh, And I'm having to send something to someone just so they get the picture that I'm busy. <laughs> but uh, but it ended with uh, with uh, Dooku Kim ultimately uh, not leaving not not leaving that ring conscious, and ultimately uh, ultimately he passed away. Oh, yeah. So and that uh, was one of the hardest things that Ray Mancini's had to live with his whole life is the feeling that even though it was certainly unplanned and inadvertent that he took a life of a young man his own age who had a family like he did. It's, it's been a very painful thing for him. 
And in the years subsequent, they did a documentary about Juku King's wife and son coming to America to meet him because they wanted to meet the man that fought such a valiant fight with their husband and father. And it's an interesting documentary if you get a chance to see it. I did see it, actually. I did see it. It's actually... And it, and, you know, and it actually was a great documentary. It did did help Manzini get closure after so many years with this. Absolutely, because... it did. It did because it was a painful thing, thinking that those people hated him and had such a different view of him. And the the, the way they all came together at the end, um, I thought it was a beautiful story. I'm going to have to check more into that. I think we have Chuck Skull on the line now. So, so uh, great. I'm so glad that he that he did get here because he's not only um, knowledgeable about uh, boxing, but he's appeared in a couple of or worked on a couple of boxing movies, especially the the bare knuckles uh, type of boxing. So here is hi, Chuck hey, Betty Skull. Jo. So I'm so you're sorry, here. Bob. Bob just woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad we were so we were waiting to hear from you. You've the uh, um, we've had uh, picks for all sorts of uh, boxing movies as our favorites, and now I know you want to share yours because uh, you've been thinking about this for a, for a long time. Yeah, well, uh, my all-time favorite boxing movie is Hard Times with Charles Bronson. Oh yes, that was amazing. Agreed. That was good. <laughs> it was and, great. Uh, you know, Betty Joe mentioned I had worked on a couple of boxing films. Uh, it was uh, Any Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can, which were the two oh, Clint Eastwood films with Willow <laughs> one, Smith. And and with the chimp. Yeah, uh, orangutan. Oh, was that oh, the right. orangutan? Okay. Yeah, I worked on the scenes that they shot in the Palomino, and yes, Clyde does like beer. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got fired from that film because I worked at the Palomino as a bouncer. And I was doing the scene sitting at the bar, so the bartender was giving me real beers. Everybody else was getting uh, basically ginger ale and a beer bottle. And Clyde (laughs) knew who had a beer because he's right next to me all day. (laughs) So he could smell it, right? He knew the difference. Those are two of my of my favorites. I I love the those very uh, which way movies. But and hard times. I've already told you oh, before when wow, we talked, that Chuck. I, that's really great. What what else? What other two that would yep. be your favorites? Well, uh, again, is uh, the Quiet Man with John Wayne. Oh my gosh! Good yeah. one. I never saw that one, but that's probably worth digging up, right? Oh, it, oh it definitely gosh. is. Uh, there's not you much must. boxing in it. It's about a guy who ac- accidentally kills somebody in the ring and tries to walk away from boxing and fighting. He won't fight anyone. And it's got the funniest fight scene in history in it. And it's and got to be 15 20, minutes, 15, 20 minutes. They fight across one side of a county to another, knocking each other into rivers through a pub. They even stop in the middle of the fight to have a beer and f- but does it look really fake on purpose? Does it look fake on purpose? Are you oh, supposed no, no, to know no, that it, it's fake? No, no. Uh, this is a, a great... John Wayne had a good fight in that one. 
Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor he was fighting with now because he's an old standard. Victor McLaughlin, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, Victor McLaughlin, yeah. This is you must see this, uh, Jackie. You you must oh, see this. Oh, I'm gonna look it and, up for sure. Yeah, do it's it's really a beautiful film, uh, and that fight scene is is classic. The time one is going by, and I think we have films. one other caller. I want to make sure um, it says Son, Sunny Cruz, but I was ho- I was thinking maybe that Chris uh, Dinkins would call us. Uh, is this Sunny? Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Sunny's trying. Oh, darn, yeah. Sonny probably wanted to get into the show, uh, yeah, and he needed my help to get in. Uh, oh. Because, yeah, he has, he has a tough time with his Skype. Um, Sonny, I'll tell you oh, what, I'll call Skype. you. I'll, I'll get off okay. Skype, and I'll call, I'll, uh, call, I'll call in through the number to get you in, Sonny. <laughs> I, I so, hope uh, that we'll, we'll have the time, time to do well, that. While I'm I, sorry. While I do this, while I do this, I'll give you uh, my top three, but... Probably, and we were talking about Mancini recently, and probably the movie they tried making about his life was probably one of, I hate to say it, was probably one of the worst movies called Heart of a Champion. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. And it's a compelling story. It just wasn't done properly. But, you know, that's what happens. I was disappointed in mine as well. And sometimes they turn out great, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Uh, exactly. On, on Boom Boom, uh, that's actually one of my favorite Warren Zevon songs, is Boom Boom Mancini. Oh, I and, didn't know that there was a song about him. Yeah, Warren Zevon, uh, who did Werewolves of London. You probably heard that song uh, every Halloween for the last 30 years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. he'd done that song, oh, Lord, uh, mid-'80s, I think. Sure, that was his reign. That was when he was really popular. Yeah. Exactly. We never did get Wacko Bob's uh, top three, and we didn't get your third one, uh, Chuck. Oh, well, uh, yeah, i got to admit, I do have a thing for Raging Bull, but... (laughs) Yes, okay, good. Good choices. Hard Times, The Quiet Man, and Raging Bull. I cannot believe that the time is almost up. Yeah, and I am so is, sorry about this, calling in late. <laughs> well, we're glad that you. I mean, better late than never. That's we're we're just so happy that yeah. you called in. And I'm every time so we pleased. try to do something, something goes wrong, Betty Jo. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know either either uh, the the technology doesn't work, or uh, some gremlins get a hold of the get a hold of it, or something. But we we at least had uh, you and and Wacko Bob and and Morgan Lawrence and. Uh, Jackie and I I just have found this one of the most stimulating, interesting shows that we've had on, on Movie Attic Headquarters. I'm just so happy that you all were here. You've been terrific. Well Betty Joe, you do a great job of getting the right people to discuss this subject because the people that we're talking to all seem to be familiar with the genre and that's really good because boxing movies will always be popular. Every few years there'll be a new one. Because, as we said earlier, it is so relatable to everybody because we've all had different kinds of fights, sometimes not literal but figurative. So I think everybody enjoys a good fight film. 
Oh yeah. I think you're you're right about that, and that's a that's a wonderful way to end the show. Uh, thank you all, and I want to give a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and special thanks to Nikki Starr for her wonderful help, and to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I sure did. Please come back next time for our holiday film preview with Nell Minow, the famous movie mom, and A.J. Hawkery, the mad movie man. You know they're two of our favorite film critic guests, so it should be another fun show. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Now, that's all for now, but I don't think it's uh, it's too early to be thinking about the – the upcoming holiday season. So why don't we close the show with a a tune that always puts me in a festive mood. Now, if I can find it on the switchboard, you're going to love it. And I think I have it right here. Yes, I do. Here we are. All I want for Christmas is you. For Christmas, there's just one thing that I need. I don't care about the present underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. Santa Claus won't make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my No.